Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. On today's program, we conclude our broadcast of a keynote address on the topic of woman life freedom, the ideas that inspired the Rojava revolution and the popular uprising in Iran. Nilufar Kosh, Executive Council Member and Spokesperson for the Commission on Foreign Relations of the Kurdistan National Congress, shared some of the new ideas inspiring the Kurdish-led feminist and green revolutionary movement that has liberated north and east Syria and it's spread to other parts of Kurdistan, including Rojelat, which is in East Kurdistan, currently in Iran. Kosh, who spent most of the period from 2013 to 2018 in southern Kurdistan and Rojava, explains here how the active and autonomous participation of women in all fields of society and politics relates to respect of nature and ecology. She gave a keynote address at the Eco-Socialism Conference hosted by Green Left Weekly and Socialist Alliance on the weekend of the 1st and 2nd of July. Here is the conclusion of that keynote address. So, and then also Iran did the same, so sell, selling 800 Kurdish women to Horos, to Uzbekistan, for example, and Saddam did the same during the time of Anfal, kidnapping and selling Kurdish girls and women, young girls in age four, beginning with one until 12, and selling them to Arab states. So the peak was this the experience of this bloody history was then in 2014 when ISIS came and did the same, tried to do the same with the Ezidi Kurdish women in Sinjar in 2014. But this time, history, our history changed. We changed our history as Kurdish women. We said no way and defeated the Islamic State in Rojava and also in Sinjar. And today, uh, and this is a slogan, Jinjian Azadi. Um, it's a it's it's a, it's a, it's the whole history of, of thirty years women's struggle. So uh, women and life are, are together, and women are the key for free life. So Jinjian Azadi is not just concentrated after liberation of women; it led to social changes, societal changes, radical changes, democratization of the society by liberating the half part slave of the society which have been the women. So now this process is also affecting the neighboring, um, the women in neighboring, uh, in the in the countries where which we share with other ethnic groups in Kurdistan, uh, in Turkey, Iraq, and Syria, and other places. And I think it's the second uh, wave where the world experienced the importance of women's freedom struggle. So through Jinjian Azadi then, Iran was shaken this time is another form of Islamic State. It's, it, it, it has a Shia form, but is the peak of a patriarchal hegemony. Absolutely power of man. The whole rules are written by men for men. So, in, and in Iranian Kurdistan, after the killing of Jina in, on the 16th of September last year, uh, so Iran, the people took over the slogan, and I think they have seen the experiences in Rojava uh, of the women's power, the struggle of uh, the power of women's uh, revolution. 
And Iran itself, the societies of Iran, uh, particularly the Kurdish one, uh, are the center of the matrilinear societies in our history, in the beginning point of our history, when we talk about national societies. Up from the mount in the mountains in Zagros, in the northern part of Iran, in Kurdish areas, is the beginning point of Neolithic revolution, in which we say the revolution led by women. So uh, you have still uh, a strong uh, feeling of being women in this culture. And I think that's why uh, the people of Iran has taken Xinjiang Azadi as their main slogan to shaken the male dominated regime of Iran and still is continuing. However, Iran is executing daily uh, um, oppositionists and also arresting them or uh, poisoning them. Whatever Iran is doing, the regime is doing, they can't control uh, the still the mobilization. Uh, it's continuing, but the mainstream media doesn't report about the happenings in Iran, but it's still continuing. And this is the first time since 1979, the so-called Islamic revolution, that Iran is shaken internally by this slogan. You see the power of women's revolution. And that's why I agree with the theory of Öcalan that the 21st century would be the century of women's led revolutions. So and um, and we are, uh, so the experience in Rojava have shown this, and also the shaking of um, total uh, hegemony of many of Iran is shaken also. And for the first time, um, so people, different ethnic groups, and also political groups are coming together in Iran and particularly in Kurdistan, in Rojlat Kurdistan, Iranian part of Kurdistan. And I'm sure um, that will let, that will force the regime to rethink its position. So if you continue and support uh, further uh, the silent revolution is continuing in Iran, and I'm, I'm sure uh, it will have the effect to change another regime uh, of Iran. So I would say um, Xinjiang Azadi is the key to change a very, um, a very uh, the center of uh, um, of one of the world center of conflicts, wars, and aggressions, Middle East. And I think um, through women's liberation, this region can be changed, as we have seen in Kurdistan. So the power of organized women, the power of mobilization of women's movement, uh, changed in a very short time of history. Fifty years is nothing in history. And today, nothing can happen in Kurdistan without the participation of women. So the system of co-chairs is spreading everywhere. Uh, even in Turkey during the last elections, however, Erdogan has done everything to uh, beat us. But we had the, the most female candidates in the elections. And we have still the most women MPs in, in the Turkish parliament. And uh, next year, in, in, December, in March, there will be local elections in Turkey. So it means mayors are being elect, to be elected. And so we are now preparing our list of women. Uh, so because we do believe that um, through women is the only way to get rid of uh, patriarch, patriarchs like Erdogan and Raisi or Hafez, uh, Bashar al-Assad or al-Sudani today in, in Iraq. Uh, and I think uh, people of Middle East have seen uh, through the Kurdish women's revolution that uh, if they want democracy, they have, first they have to decolonize the women. So this is the first thing they have to do if they want 
to live in freedom. So this is a call also to the men in Middle East. If you want to uh, get rid of wars, aggression, militarism, the only way is to change yourself by uh, accepting women as free members of the society. And I think this is what this was our contribution to all the people uh, in our neighboring countries. But I must say, uh, whenever something is getting on the mainstream media, unfortunately, there are a lot of misuse of, uh, of, of revolutionary processes. Like we have experiences in Xinjiang Azadi. They have been applauding for Xinjiang Azadi, uh, also by the state who, who, who forbid PKK, for example, in Germany. That was a funny experience we made. So as you know, in, in Germany, PKK is forbidden and they hate the name of Jalan. But even the Minister of Foreign Affairs of Germany was applauding and carrying the banner of Xinjiang as it was said, what's going on here? So, and also in London and other places, the, the ruling powers have been using Xinjiang as a they said, what's going on? We don't know what, they don't know where this, uh, create, where the creator of this slogan is actually Abdullah Öcalan and improved by the women in the PKK. So it's, the address is clear of the root of this Xinjiang as a slogan history. And then people have been now um, in Iran, there was a company selling uh, anti-aging creams called Xinjiang Azadi. And some and some people have been using uh, Xinjiang Azadi as a label for red wine. And then some queer movements have been using Xinjiang Azadi for queers. So I think uh, Xinjiang Azadi became inspiration. But I don't think it's, uh, we have to be careful not misusing this because thousands of women lost their life until they brought Xinjiang, uh, Xinjiang together and then later on added Azadi uh, to Xinjiang Azadi. So still um, the state are attacking all these uh, women who have been uh, contributing to the development of the philosophy of Xinjiang Azadi. As, uh, as Peter was saying uh, in the introduction, so recently uh, two heroic women have been killed by Turkish armed drones in Kamishlo on the 20th of June. And uh, also in Paris uh, in, on the 26th, uh, 26th of December, in Paris, Evin, Evin was killed by Turkish organized murderers uh, because she was one of the women who have been fighting against Islamic State and also one of the women who have been fighting to develop uh, the philosophy of Xinjiang Azadi in Kurdistan. And then also Nagyan Akarsel, who was killed also in Slimania by the Turkish armed throne. So the women, the feminicide against Kurdish women is getting the highest peak in this time by Turkish armed thrones. Uh, so they have chosen particularly women because they have understood that the Kurdish revolution would be nonsense uh, not, uh, without any value, without women. So that was specific targeting of a women, a women leading, a women in leading position is now the most a challenge. And also the misuse of uh, the achievement, Xinjiang Azadi, with the high prices of the life of thousands of women, uh, we shouldn't allow others to use this for uh, marketing issues or for uh, for for propaganda which has nothing to do with the philosophy so and in this i would hope that you will do your best to prevent this misuse also in australia and, uh, and elsewhere 
So I think uh, that's from my part. And if there are any questions or you want to comment, then I will listen to you. Thank you so much. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. This is Nilufa Kosh's keynote address at the Eco-Socialism Conference, organised by the Socialist Alliance and Green Left Weekly, on the topic of woman, life, freedom, the ideas that inspired the Rojava revolution and the popular uprising in Iran. Well, regarding the questions of Herki, I would say, uh, well, I think we shouldn't look so much on the states, what they will do with Turkey and uh, Iran, it's clear. So, um, finally, there was a recently a report published by the German government, it's called the National um, Defense Strategy of Germany. For the first time after the uh, Second World War, Germany is publishing such a national paper, and in, in this paper, they say, well, we are we are passing a multipolar world, and it means um, friends, and um, you can be friend and by same any uh, hostile to in competition with other others. That means uh, you have to move in the multipolarity in politics, and this means that interests of states are changing often. So that's why I would say you have to be, of course, very flexible to follow up which state is co- coordinating, collaborating with which, which other state. But this, for us, is, this is important, particularly who's now supporting Turkey and who will not support Turkey, or who's supporting Iran and who's not supporting Iran. So we have this uh, be very flexible. But generally, I would say that the key state, in which is well, let's say has the same on Middle East as the US. So, and comparing the US policy with the European colonial policy on Middle East and particularly Kurdistan, I would say the US is now challenged that to see the Kurds. So, the Kurds are very loud. The problem is now the challenge for the US after 100 years of Lausanne, because Lausanne, the Treaty of Lausanne, could not stop the demand of the Kurdish people for freedom. However, Lausanne denied the existence of the Kurdish people, but on the 24th of July, we will shout in Lausanne, say, listen, we are here. So you couldn't finish us. Even your genocides, feminicides, ecocides could not destroy this ancient people of Middle East. The Kurds, we exist and we want to be recognized as a nation. So, because we don't we don't exist politically and legally uh, in the frame of the UN, so we are accepted in the Turkish constitution as Turks, and in the Syrian constitution we are Arabs. Also, now in Iraq there's a change, but in Iran there's a province called Kurdistan, but they forbid the education mother tongue. So Kurdish customs are forbidden. So they force Shia religion on the Sunni Kurds in Iran, for example, through Islam, the Kurdish people, is forced to be assimilated to the Persians, also the Baluch people, and also the Ahwas people and Azeri people in Iran, because Iran is a multi-ethnic country like Turkey, like Iraq and Syria. So, and I think all these uprisings, uh, I think the U.S. is considering all these uprisings. So the problem is uh, whatever they will be able or interested to turn all the nation states to federations. So that's that's their part. But the, I think most importantly for us is what do we want as a people? 
And as as I have follow up the 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 after the um, the effect of the or the influence of Xinjiang Azadi in Iran, I see that people are coming together. We had a, a conference in the European Parliament a month ago. Uh, it was exactly on the same topic. Uh, is that can we rescue? Can we save Iran through the reforms or revolution? And we have seen in this conference the Kurdish different political factions of the Kurds uh, of Rojalat, and also different political uh, fractions of Baluchistan, Baluch, and Ahwas, the Arabs of Iran, and few Azeris. They could sit next to each other, and we we invited all the political wings of uh, the opposition of Iran. And first, we brought all the Kurds together, those who have been competing each other. So for the first time, it was easier to bring them together. And then the interesting thing was the leaders of these political parties have told us at the conference publicly, said wherever we go, wherever we organize meeting, people are looking if there's women on the podium. So they are forced to have bring women in politics. All these very so-called revolutionary movements, except the, those from tradition of Öcalan and PKK. So you see, the changes in the in the leadership of the revolution is important. I don't care what other states will do with Iran and Turkey. So I mean, I, it's not that I don't care, but I can understand what they will do. And uh, but I think strategically is important for us to organize the grassroots to bring the different ethnic groups together. And it's the best form if they agreed uh, internally that they have to include everywhere women. Then they will. Then I will say, as women, these are revolutionary movements. Those who allow women to participate by their free will in politics, in decision-making organs and bodies. And I think this process is very important in Iran if we can achieve to um, uh, convince other groups also in Iran. Then I think uh, then I think it will be more effective than the revolution in Rojava actually. So because um, Iran is one of the states is destabilizing the whole region, and um, the international community or the states are keeping silent. However, many of the head of states, female head of states, have carrying the banner of Xinjiang Azadi after Jina's killing, murdering. But in case of Iran, they are very carefully because the interests, uh, the bilateral interest with this, the states has more priority than human rights and democracy. We know this all. Uh, and I think they will continue their trades and um, their support with the, because there are a lot of um, economic or trade uh, agreements between in, in bilateral relations of, of states. But the new thing is that Iran is so much challenged by still the continuing ongoing revolution so that they decided to attack particularly the Kurdish freedom fighters of Rojlat Kurdistan. So since, since uh, one month, they declared war against the guerrilla fighters of um, Pejak. So all their headquarters are bombed daily and they are also using drones to attack particularly female fighters of Rojlati Kurdistan. So it's a kind of punishing the Kurds because they led um, to revolution. And generally the Kurdish freedom movement led by the PKK is very careful not to respond um, Iran with the war because that will, that will be strengthened in the hands of other states when we are 
who created the Ukraine war to punish Russia. So we are not interested to have another war in Middle East. I think that in this we all agree. So it's a very sensitive political process now. But I think what is easier than Iran uh, to bring a change in the region, because I think uh, the new Padishah or Sultan who is leading Islam, so-called Islam, is Recep Tayyip Erdogan, the president of Turkey. And he was also cl close friend of Imran Khan of Pakistan. And both are um, going back to the roots of the Muslim Brotherhood ideology, base of Salafism, a very dangerous um, ideology from my perspective as a woman, and also for all diverse cultures in our region. And I think um, weakening the Erdogan regime is today much easier <laughs> uh, because uh, after 20 years, he brought the state to point of collapse. He was investing all the state resources in the war against Kurds, trying to occupy Rojava and uh, Bashur Kurdistan, I mean, Iraqi Kurdistan, and also doing sometimes in coordination with Iran, attacking a uh, position of the Kurdish fighters in the, uh, on the other side of the border uh, in Iran. Uh, and, and, and Turkey, uh, so I said at the beginning, we are preparing ourselves to protest against the Treaty of Lausanne on the 24th of July in, in the city of Lausanne. And Erdogan is doing the same. He said, well, I, I reject the Treaty of Lausanne because they uh, divided the former Ottoman Empire, the territories of former Ottoman empires, and these um, I want to get back. So he says he want to firstly get back a Syrian part of Kurdistan, North and East Syria. That's why he's fighting uh, and killing uh, with armed drones, and also getting back parts of Iraqi Kurdistan, so the Kurdish region of Iraq. So this is the reason of war because he said. Um, and it, in the in the second uh, century of the Turkish Republic, because three months after Lausanne Treaty, the Turkish Republic was founded in 1923. On the 1929th uh, of October, the Turkish Republic was founded, and it was founded by Atatürk. And Erdogan says, "I will become more um, um, more important than Atatürk and create the second Republic of Turkey." And by doing this, uh, he wants to get back some former territories of Ottoman Empire, which are the weakest part of Syria and Iraq. So weakest because um, these are, um, from the state perspective, uh, places of vacuum. So it's Kurdish autonomous, but it doesn't have any political or legal status. So that's why it's easier for Turkey to occupy since Iraq and Syria are not powerful enough to prevent Turkey. And uh, since Turkey plays a uh, still important role for the NATO as a, the only Muslim state in Middle East, a partner of the NATO, but like many states, Erdogan has his um, um, hegemonial strategy, saying also uh, first Turkey first, like Trump said always, America first, and Joe Biden say the same, and the German Chancellor saying also Germany first, and the one of UK saying UK first. And Erdogan is doing the same. So this first led them to compete each other. So there are contradictions in their interests between Turkey, European Union, Turkey, NATO. So this is an opportunity for us to convince them, listen, with this regime, you can't continue. So there's a need for change in Turkey. This man is bringing Turkey to economic collapse.
so that's why I think uh, it's a good opportunity to strengthen the Kurdish movement, particularly with the Turkish revolutionary movements, the people in Turkey, the democratic Muslim community in Turkey, because Islam is not just a tool of the state, but as a has also a culture uh, amongst the society. Bringing them together, I think, will be more helpful to overcome um, this regime. The issue of ecocide in Kurdistan as a part of colonialism, uh, let's say the building of dams on the main rivers in Kurdistan was firstly um, to control water, not just uh, against the Kurds, but also against neighboring countries. Like Turkey built several uh, dams on Tigris and Euphrates. So it's forcing, uh, sometimes it's cutting the water to Syria and Iraq. So we had these problems in the uh, recent years, particularly in the springtime. Uh, Turkey is um, controlling the by controlling water through the dams, so that uh, this is a part of uh, emptying the country. So if you don't have water, you uh, you can um, have agriculture. So this is a tool which is using uh, particularly against Rojava and also against Iraq. Um, however, Turkey has agreement with Iraq, so that they have to offer um, offer to, uh, Iraq with water sup supply from Tigris, and the same is doing done by Iran. Uh, so they're building channels on on, on the dams, uh, building channels so that the Kurdish regions can't get water. So this is the reason to empty Kurdistan, move, um, forcing the people to left the land to go to the biggest city of Iran, Tehran, or in Istanbul, in Turkey. So in these big cities, the minority of the Kurds can be assimilated easier. That was Nilo Farkosh, Executive Council Member and Spokesperson for the Commission on Foreign Relations of the Kurdistan National Congress, delivering a keynote address at the Eco-Socialism Conference hosted by Green Left Weekly and Socialist Alliance over the weekend of the 1st and 2nd of July. And that's all we've got time for today. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. Music for Accent of Women was written and produced by George Kunjeri. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.